Welcome to Mindful Talk, brief conversations about mindfulness in the workplace and at home. I am your host, Lauren Wessinger. And I'm your host, Misty Anderson. And this podcast is brought to you by The Mindful Project. The Mindful Project helps you elevate the culture of your business by bringing mindfulness practice to you and your staff through in-person and virtual learning. Contact us through our website, themindfulproject.co, for more information. Welcome back to the podcast. Our episode today is on finding your why, and also why knowing your why matters. Hi, Misty. Hi, Lauren. So glad to see you today. And I love this topic because I think it's for anybody who's like, really struggling to start something and in their life, whatever it is, I feel like if that's on you, this is a great place to start it all, you know, and it's really the beginning if you've never asked yourself these questions. So I'm excited. Me too. I'm so excited too. So I think finding your why could be for anything you do. Don't you think like, I think I share this a lot when I'm teaching, but I'm assuming it's like this for everybody, although maybe to different degrees, I find it really hard. You know, one of the hardest things is taking care of myself, like the amount of effort it takes to sit in meditation and to move my body. Like I often want to do a million other things besides that. And a couple of years ago, it was actually through my meditation training I'm in now, we had a long conversation about our aspiration, which is just the long word for your why. Like, why are you doing this? What is this about for you? Why are you here? It could even be like, why are you listening to this podcast, right? And for me, I realized my aspiration or my why for taking care of my physical health is my my mom died before my kids were born. And it's one of the hardest areas of my life. It's getting better now. It's been a long time, but for a long time, it was very hard for me to just sit with that and accept that because there's no changing that, you know? And so for me, when I don't want to move my body and tend to my stress, which is so hard on the body and tend to my mind, I think about my why, which is I want to be around to see my kids have kids. I want to meet them. I want to be a grandma. And I know that if I don't take care of my body, there's a really good chance that that's not happening. And so that's enough like juice to get me to the cushion, to get me to the yoga mat, to get me to orange theory. It's enough. It's enough inner, um, inner fire to get me there because it matters so much to me. I am in you in the sense that, you know, I I'm a Texas girl my family's all Texan and we fry everything. And like, I didn't even know okra. It came not fried (laughs) until I like left. So when you talk about your health and um, what's funny is, you know, you, you kind of live your twenties for sure, just beating up your body and doing whatever to it. Then your thirties, you kind of start to be like, okay, like, you know, I need to get my things together. And then you hit 40 and it's kind of like, it all becomes functional 
strength and functional health? How is this going to make my body and my life function better or sustainably? Because like you said, we want to be around for our grandkids. So I'm in the same boat as you when I get really down on things I want to do or, you know, if I want to get my bike out and start riding my bike again, but I just don't, that will sometimes motivate me to say like, you got to do something because you have to be healthy. So what are you going to do? Well, let's do the bike, Misty, because that would be different. (laughs) And I have these little conversations with myself. And also to the point where you were saying about, you know, it's different things. Um, It can be your why can be so many things. And I think the more mindful you become, and this is, I'm, I know this for myself, the more mindful I've become, the more like, more I drill down on that on a moment by moment basis. Like, you know, Lauren and I have had this conversation, like, does that serve you? If not, get it off your plate. And so it's almost like a checking in with, she knows what my why is. She knows what I'm trying to do. And so it's a good reminder um, of keeping that in the forefront of, yes, that doesn't serve me. I'm going to get it off my plate because this is my accountability person and she knows my why and, and keeps me moving forward. And so I agree with you for sure. There's actually some research. I'm sure there's research behind it for moving our body. I just don't know the research, but there is research behind, um, people practicing mindfulness. And, you know, one of the biggest complaints we hear as mindfulness teachers is, is that they want people want to do it, but they're just not doing it. They just can't, they can't get there. They just can't do the practice. Um, and it's because life, you know, I mean, there's a million reasons, but there is actually some research that the people that have committed to mindfulness practice are ones who know their why they have drilled down to the people that actually have an aspiration. Um, even though they're supposed to be like no goal with it, it's kind of a, an oxymoron, you know, but the people that know why they're doing it are the ones who have success and longevity in sticking to the practice. And so if you're listening and you're someone who really wants to start a meditation practice, but there's all the reasons why you haven't take a moment, like get quiet because the answer is there. Like, why do you want to start a practice? What is your reason? Like, what is it about for you? And if you're not sure, just stay open to that question for the next couple of weeks. Because once you know, and you kind of lock into that, why it is such motivation to do the things that seem so hard to do. It's really powerful. I agree because just what you were talking about is what sustains me as a parent. Oftentimes when those situations come and I have to take a step back, my meditation keeps me really grounded in but I have to be very aware and very mindful of those situations or I just get pulled and sucked into them. So I think that, like you said, as you grow in your mindfulness practice, it starts to be in other areas of your life for sure. Totally. And I think you could think about your why. I mean, you and I have talked about this in regards to uh, professional life and kind of where we're going, like what's on the horizon for us personally. And you know, when I think about, I get asked to do a lot of things professionally right now. And I always have, and I have to think of, is this going to help me with my goal of having a more virtual business where I can work from anywhere in the world and really 
significantly add to the income of my family, but not have to be tied to Texas. Like that's my overarching thing is like, how can I make decent or good money and not have to be tied to my home office or some bricks and mortar location? And so if, if I get offered an opportunity that doesn't really fall in alignment with that, I have to take a really hard look at it. It's, I'm not saying it's always a no, but it's not an immediate yes, you know? It has to really align with my priorities and what's important for me, both professionally and for my family. And if it fits under there, you know, then I'm going to do my best to make it happen and, and work. But if it's outside of those walls, and especially now, I'm just being very guarded with our time in general because <clears throat> I don't want to get back to that busy, crazy life again. That, that, that was 2019. I'm not getting back there. And so I'm doing my best to kind of manage that <laughs> as I go along too. That's a great point. I, I feel like we're still sort of on this cusp of coming out of the pandemic and entering into whatever life is going to look like next. And we've talked about this before, but the opportunity is still here. Like you haven't missed the boat if you didn't get to do this of really sitting with what does not need to come with you into the rest of your life that perhaps you were doing before. Um, there's still, there's still a chance to really look at those things and where am I going? And what was I doing before that was just spinning wheels? I mean, we think we're so valuable when we're busy, you know, but it's such a false sense of, of self-worth. We've really tied being busy to, to being like better somehow, but maybe we can be better by actually being more present, you know, or being more loving or, making sure all of our actions are going toward a higher vision for ourselves and our family. I definitely think it's spreading. I mean, I was in the airport recently and there was a meditation room and we were in the hospital recently and there was a meditation room. And so it's like people get in science, duh, is clicking with other science communities to say, you know, um, this is a it's in us. All you need is a room. I mean, there was just some rooms, a room with some chairs. That's it. And go in there and sit down. And when you're in the middle of something, I find that I like to back up and ask like, okay, what's my why? Like, why am I doing this? You know, like why? Okay. So perfect example. Ella just had, my oldest just had eye surgery and she has really low vision, almost blind, but she also has some two crosses on each eye. And so this was to correct her cross. There's tons of literature and data to support that children that wait longer to have this correction or don't get it corrective suffer from low confidence, difficulty getting jobs, making eye contact and things like that. So as a parent, you want to set yourself up or you set your kids up for success. So initially I'm like, okay, let's have this surgery. And as it kind of got closer, I felt myself backpedaling and backpedaling. And, you know, you sign all this paperwork and what if they don't wake up and there's stitches and, oh my gosh, the recovery. And you, I started to back up and I literally was sitting there while she was sitting beside me about to be welled up. And I told myself, why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? Okay. You know, Misty, you know why we're doing this it is proven. You've researched it. Let her go. And that's, that's what got me through that, that day, because otherwise I probably would have backed out of the whole thing and I shouldn't, but that was like fear holding me back 
my why pushed me through the fear. That was a really, really powerful moment of mindfulness you had because to be in the fear, especially in a medical event with your child, which I, I don't know what other higher fear there is. Right. Um, and to be able to recognize that you were there and to fall back and really anchor back into your why, I mean, that is a moment of freedom because you freed yourself in that moment from that panic and that anxiety of, oh my God, we made the wrong decision, you know, which is, as you said, it's just the fear talk. Yeah. Um, but that's what this practice is all about is exactly what you just walked us through. I mean, and then you sat there and waited in the waiting room and probably calmed yourself down and felt yourself come back to the ground a little bit. And in that way, you're able to be there for her more. You can't really be there as fully when you're in your own panic. So, so good. I, I love when life happens and you get through it. And, and sometimes it is in turbulent times. Um, But to come on the other side and recognize the steps you've made as a person to celebrate those, like just hearing Lauren celebrate it for me makes me feel really good because she's right. Like that's what mindfulness is about. And so if you're practicing and you're looking for like these big ahas, they don't often come in the moment. Like I didn't know that I was having an aha. I was just trying to get through the flipping day. And here we are talking about it. She's perfectly fine. It was the right decision. And that's my mindfulness got me through the situation. And it made me a better parent to her. And it made me more, huh, I wasn't having, you know, because I mean, I was pretty panicked. I was, when I get really nervous, my heart races. And sometimes it races so hard, it hurts, like physically hurts my chest. And that's what it was doing. And I was like, okay, okay, all the tools, all the tools. And sometimes I tell myself, you tell all the podcast people, this, come on, Misty. So um, you guys get me through a lot of situations just so you know, and Lauren and I have talked about this, just being accountable, practicing what we preach. And so um, that was a moment where I had, I really was like, what would I say to other people? What would I tell, what would I tell Lauren if she were in this situation? And so if you're afraid to sit down or you've sat down and nothing's happened, it's probably not going to just happen. Keep sitting and it doesn't have to be long. Just sit. If you're in the carpool line, sit there, close your eyes. (laughs) It's such a testament to the way this practice works is that we practice on purpose by sitting and, and like actually doing a practice, you know, there's a million ways to practice mindfulness and meditation. We do it on purpose over and over and over for years and years and years. So that when we need it, like when the rubber meets the road, like when Misty was in the doctor's office, it's not, it's, it's automatic. Like what I'm hearing you say is that you did it automatically. Mm -hmm. And then later you were able to process and realize what you did and us talking through it here but because it was a skill that you had practiced on purpose, it was available to you just like, um, tying your shoes, you know what I mean? Just like driving a car and maybe swerving to get out of some little accident that's about to happen because you had practiced driving a car for so many years, you could swerve and not completely lose control and, and recorrect, you know, course correct. So that's really what it's about. I mean, it's about practicing over and over. And then you find your mind automatically turning toward, sometimes you automatically turn toward gratitude. Sometimes you automatically turn toward joy. 
sometimes you automatically turn toward your why, but it's not so foreign when you need it. And that's what practice is about, right? So it's available when you need it. Yeah. I, you just have to practice. It's that's why it's called a practice because it's, it's hard and it seems so silly because it's just sitting. Um, but it's really hard work and, um, it's a practice for me. And there are days like, you know, I beat myself up about it. Like you haven't meditated, you haven't meditated. And then I'm like, don't beat yourself up, Misty, good self-talk. And all of these things are going through my head. So don't think that, you know, as somebody who regularly practices that it all just turned you into this like namaste. I think that's what like society thought about. And we're moving finally away from that. There's people like me, crazy people that came from sales and high energy and um, a lot of balls in the air all the time that don't want all those balls in the air. And they'd like to come down several notches. And so they practice mindfulness. And that's, that's me. And so if that's you, trust me, it's going to take you some time, but you're going to see those little bitty changes. And when she was saying about what you pull from gratitude and my why are the two things hands down that get me through most situations, gratitude and in times that I'm like, nothing, there's nothing. This is the worst. Like what's something I'm grateful for. And my why pushes me through times of that I just don't want to, or there's something scary or for what something's holding me back. Totally. And I think too, the gratitude and the why, like, I always think about this. What I do today is going to inform my day tomorrow. You know, so if I don't meditate today and I eat fast food for lunch and dinner, and I don't move my body and I spend way too much free time on my phone, just messing around, I'm not going to feel as good tomorrow, you know, but if my day today is eating for energy, eating well, moving my body a little bit, meditating, really limiting my time on Instagram, I'm going to have a better day tomorrow. And so this accumulates too, you know, so what I do this year is going to inform the next five years, right? What I do this week is going to inform the whole week next week. And so I think it's important to remember that we are living in presence, but we're also not living in a vacuum and we're not living in a bubble and all of our actions for better or worse inform the future. And so I think about that too, like what kind of future do I want to have? And I think it's so important to know that like, this doesn't mean we have to be rigid and strict. In fact, I think there's issues with that too. Um, But in general, you know what I mean? In general, can we make the better choice for, for our mind and our body? I agree. That's like me when I started, how I told y'all that I got it. I got held back forever just because I was sitting up and then I was just like, lay down. And then I laid down, like you can lay down. You can do what you want. Just close your eyes. Um, And that's really it. And once you kind of have that aha moment, man, it's, it's such a good tether. And I would say, um, I don't know what homework you have, but I would tell everyone something that I really like to do is write down all my priorities. So the things that are really, really important to me. And then I like to look at those and I like to, from that formulate my why, like, 
why am I doing what I do when I get up every single day? So if there's a big bucket of kids stuff, why am I doing that with my kids? You know, and having it in front of me, man, there's power in writing. We've talked about that before. So I have a lot of times when I have goals, um, my why is often tied to those. And those are usually somewhere where I can see them on the regular. And if you're a person that's struggling with fear, (laughs) something's holding you back with fear, put your why everywhere where you can see it. It's going to remind you that you on the other side is awesomeness, you know, is what you're getting to. And you've got to get through that and your why will sometimes carry you through. I think that's great. I think that's perfect homework. Um, I think knowing your why really invites in a sense of self, which in some traditions gets kind of a bad rap, but if we don't have a sense of self, we have a sense of everybody else and not ourself. And that is not a great place to, um, to launch from. In closing, one more way to possibly bring mindfulness in, like say you want to bring it in for your kids or somebody in your family who's kind of on the fence, right? Um, recently, my son signed up for, I saw it come through my email from Inside LA, and it's a six-week mindful athlete course with George Mumford. And George Mumford was the mindfulness coach that followed Phil Jackson around. So he coached Michael Jordan all the way up through Kobe and Shaq. He was their, their mindfulness person. And Kobe repeatedly used to say that it was because of George that he was who he was, the kind of player he was. And so Carson, my son has known this. And when this course came through my email, I was like, oh my gosh, this is the access point for him. This is the why of how I can get him to even commit even more to mindfulness because he is a serious basketball player. And so I showed it to him and he understood the connection between sports and George and mindfulness. And immediately he's 14. He was like, yep, I want to do it. I mean, the first time ever that he hasn't kind of rolled his eyes and sighed when it's time to practice, he's been doing these zoom calls with George live and meditating. That is so cool. I know. Oh my gosh. My husband's going to die when I tell him this. Totally. Totally. And so it's the why and it's the access point, you know, like to yeah. why I should care about this practice, right? How's it going to serve me? That's what we all want to know ultimately. So, well, and it sometimes it's just not the right time. And that's where the access right. point comes in, like you're saying. I love that story. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Well, I really enjoyed talking with you today. And I really hope that. Everyone just takes a step back and looks at it and, you know, take a look at everything because there's a big why and then there's little whys. And um, when you get in those situations, you have them there to use. So hope everybody enjoyed today and we will talk to you guys soon. Thank you so much for listening to Mindful Talk. We don't take it lightly that you spent your time listening to our podcast, and we are forever grateful. If you'd like to support the podcast, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a rating and a review. Welcome to a more mindful way of living and working.